we're going to do a little bit more of an extended uh, uh, recap. Uh, but first, I want to welcome back uh, everyone to our second campaign. This is The Curse of Strahd. Uh, it seems that we have more listeners than we previously used to. Uh, so I thought I'd figure I'd kind of go around and have everybody introduce themselves and them char- their characters. Excuse me. Um, if you guys just want to hit like your names, your class, and then your race or something like that, that'd be great. Um, so my name is Mike Gager. I am the DM of the uh, uh, Curse of Strahd campaign. Um, whoever wants to kick us off. Sure. I'm Tyler. I play Zav the Sorcerer. Um, yeah, I think that's that's about as much introduction as I prefer. I'm mysterious. Uh, I'll go next. Uh, my name's Josh. Uh, I play Gaius. He is a elven fighter, and he was in the Waterdeep military with Rackus, who was a character that we began the campaign with, but uh, we lost him in combat. So, yeah. Got got. He I'm Matt. Got. Previously Rackus, now <laughs> Gaius, a high elf cleric. You're not Gaius. What? <laughs> my identity was stolen. <laughs> Whoops. No, Jira. <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, dude, if you were a rogue, if you made this a joke... This is already proof to be a helpful exercise just for us to know what we're doing. Dude, if you had made a joke like I'm a rogue and what I steal is people's identity, that would have been that was fantastic. Hi, my name is Gaius and I like to party. <laughs> Nobody parties with me. Yeah, and me. Gaius. So obviously I'm the reason why we have so many followers. They just want to see who I'm gonna that, was that was fantastic, dude. Oh my god. Oh god. Uh, let's have Tom go next. <laughs> All right. Hey, uh, yeah, so I'm Tom. Uh, I play uh, Elvaris or Del, uh, Goliath Paladin, uh, raised in a monastery, pretty secluded, now on a mission um, to wipe out undead. And, and last but not least, I'm going to make a go up bold and say, my name is Stevie. Just keep going with my professional career I'm doing. And I play Espeon, who's the half-elf sorcerer. Although I formerly played everyone's favorite character, Sagoon <laughs> the Dragonborn. I don't know. Magically you... perished in battle. <laughs> I don't know. Gaius might be up at the top of the list, but the way Matt plays him. Um... <laughs> Do we need to go over what a porcus is again, guys? <laughs> um, um, cool. So um, our heroes uh, last left off... Um, and I'm going to kind of do a further back recap to catch everybody up. Um, last left off, uh, having a night of celebration in the town of Velaki um, at the Blue Water Inn. Uh, they were provided modest accommodations and spent the evening drinking and catching up with friends. In the morning, they stopped by Belinsky Toys, where they purchased dolls for Tabitha, uh, the lone survivor, surviving child uh, from the Night Hags, and Arabelle, uh, the Vistani girl. The party split into two groups, and one dropped off uh, Tabitha and Turtle uh, to the church where she would be safe. That group uh, found that Father Lucian was not present upon arrival and then went to go meet up with the other group. This other group headed to the Vistani encampment where they dropped their gift off for Arabelle. Um, they met back up with Aragal, who they traveled with to Velaki. 
um, and received warm greetings from him, uh, but were slightly surprised when they saw Father Lucian at the encampment. They discovered that he sneaks out once a week to assist in healing the sick at the Vistani camp. Following that, uh, that exchange, they go to give the gift to Arabelle, who they find has been kidnapped by the town drunk Bluto. Uh, they give chase and head towards Lake Zarovich, where they pass the other group along the way. Once everybody meets back up at Lake Zarovich, uh, Bluto uh, is rowing to the middle of the lake with Arabelle in a sack. Uh, as the party starts to form a strategy, Granny, uh, the pie seller uh, that reveals herself to be the head night hag Morgantha, uh, I had been saying it wrong, <laughs> um, uh, and attacks the group at an inopportune time. If this wasn't enough, a giant abolith that lives under the lake emerges. Uh, this ancient being was controlling Bluto's actions. Uh, Aspion almost single-handedly uh, rescued Arabelle by himself. The party uh, fights for their life and was able to uh, kill Bluto, uh, the abolith, and then Morgantha. Um, as the abolith dies, it kind of disintegrates away, uh, leaving behind <clears throat> leaving behind a tome that Aspion picks up. And that is kind of where we're going to start today's session. Um, one of the questions I would have for the party is, uh, so you pick up this tome, Aspion, you find it. Um, are you opening it up immediately? Are you uh, taking it back to... Um, I don't know, the Vistani encampment, you do have the little girl with you, um, and Argal. Uh, what's kind of your your next move for you guys? <clears throat> Excuse me. I definitely want to open it right away, because I'm, I'm pretty curious about the tone. Cool. Okay, great. Um, go ahead and roll me an investigation check. Um, anybody who might be interested in this tome, um, and then for sure, Aspion. Okay. Okay. Aspion, you're holding it, but you're really kind of giddy and excited um, uh, uh, by this just interesting looking book. And so uh, you go ahead and you start to open it up. Uh, this leather bound tome framed in silver trim with a crest of a raven's uh, with its wings spread is embedded on the center. Um, as you open the book, um, all of you uh, feel your bodies plummet to the ground. And you aren't where you were before. Instead, you're in a dark space filled with mist, a familiar mist. A man in red shining armor stands before you, his hair black and pulled back and well-kept. His cold black eyes flash red as he stares you down. You hear a voice in your head, cold but familiar. I am the ancient. I am the land. And then you almost hear this voice start to narrate. My beginnings are lost in the darkness of the past. A scene dissipates around you, uh, the mist forming. You see a young boy, maybe eight years old, with a small sword on his hip, leaning against a large wooden door. Tears silently run down his face. You hear voices from the other side of the door. I'm going to start by um, everybody giving me a perception check. <laughs> oh, never mind. Perception. Close, though. Not even remotely. <laughs> okay. Um, so Dell, Aspion, and Ajira are all going to hear 
Zav and Gaius, you're going to be more focused on the little boy in front of you. Uh, the other three are going to hear, you don't understand, Rahadan. The boy is useless. How could he ever run a kingdom? Uh, you hear Rahadan's voice again, a, a familiar voice. King Barov, I will do my best to prep Lord Strahd for the trials ahead. That boy is a useless imbecile. He's not like you and I, Rahadan. He's never known what it's like to have to earn something. This means that I have to get it right with the next one. Oh, I guess I uh, let that slip, didn't I? Well, at least it's just you. Renovia is pregnant with a boy. So this boy is crying here in front of you. Three of you can hear the conversation on the inside. What are we doing? Does it look like a young Strahd? It does look like a young Strahd. Kill him. No. That's an option. You think he wouldn't go back and kill Hitler? <laughs> um, I don't know. Does it seem like this isn't like incorporeal? Does it seem like it's real? Like, like you started out by being completely surrounded by darkness and mist, and then you were staring right at Strahd. And then it kind of materialized into a. I guess go ahead and give me an investigation check. Um, it's going to be a pretty high DC. Um, anybody who's interested can give me an investigation check. It's pretty high DC. I guess, and I guess what Dell's curious is, is is this like an illusion that's in his head, or is he here? Like that's what he's like, kind of would be trying to figure out. I think I would say that Zav and Ajira <clears throat> both get the realization that sometimes memories are so strong that they could be relived um, in a magical way. Um, and opening this book has kind of made that happen. Um, Del, you wouldn't necessarily know this, um, but that's something that Ajira and Zav have basically gathered from what's going on here. Um, I think Del will take his take the lead from the spellcasters then. <clears throat> You'll activate a shield, look around cautiously, but otherwise won't do anything. Uh, upon me seeing him doing this, I guess I'll... I mean, we all just got our asses kicked in that last fight, right? Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> I'll sort of get ready to fight in whatever way I can, but... Or, yeah. Um, I, so I'm not making any, like, gestures to, like, ready... like. To, to look like I'm, I'm ready, but I'm at least alert and keeping my eyes peeled for what happens next. Because clearly this is, having come across Rahadan, and he looks different than the Rahadan that I've, I've seen before, I'm just wary and not trusting of anything. So I, I'm like a, a gunslinger with a, a finger like on the hilt, uh, essentially. Um. Uh, so uh, this this crying boy whose uh, back is up against the door, knees are to his chest, um, you know, his butt's on the ground, and he's got his hands uh, uh, covered over his knees and his head down, and he's just crying into his hands. Um, he kind of hears uh, just some movement, and he looks up um, to see the party. And he goes, are you, are you my imaginary friends? And... He kind of dries his eyes a little bit, but still clearly crying and um, goes over and um, he kind of reaches out for you, Del. Like he kind of wants to like touch you. Like he's reaching slowly towards you. 
Dell puts out his hand um, to take the boy's hand gently. And as your hand goes to reach his hand, it fades. Um, uh, you hear the narrator's voice again, uh, kind of all goes black. Um, I was the warrior. I was good and just. I thundered across the land like a wrath of a just god. And then it starts to materialize again. A slightly older Strahd, in his early teens, bends over this magic book. He's trying to learn a spell. Um, and he's just trying over and over. And you know, he, he gives it a shot, realizes he, got, he gets it wrong, and then goes right back to the spell book. And he's, he's just doing this kind of loop over and over. Again, how are we interacting? If we are, can, uh, can I see what, what spell he's learning? Uh, yep, go ahead and make me an Arcana check, DC ten. Power word kill. <laughs> <laughs> a nine. Ajira uh, is not sure, but Zav, you rolled a twenty-three. Good roll, dude. Um, yeah, you can uh, tell that this spell is uh, detect thoughts. Hmm. <clears throat> so what you kind of is ahead, in the room. Uh, what else this, is in the room? Yeah, um, uh, this is a this is a normal study uh, of uh, what you would consider, I guess, like a uh, a teenage boy. Um, he, uh, he he's you know trying to basically use this spell on a cat that's in front of him to see if he can detect thoughts. Um, that said, uh, he kind of, I guess, feels the presence of someone kind of looking over his shoulder as Zav, you go to inspect to see what uh, spell it is to see if you recognize it. And um, uh, he notices you and he goes, I remember you. Do you think you can help me with this spell? I, I kind of quietly look at him and. Uh, I, I, I think so. I I don't know if I know this one offhand, but let me take a look. Okay. And I'll, I'll look more in-depthly at the, the book he's looking at. Uh, is it, like, the... I, I, I know Detect Thoughts, but I uh, don't have it prepared, but have that available. Uh, is that... It, it is clearly, very clearly Detect Thoughts upon further inspection? Uh, it is very clearly uh, detect thoughts upon further inspection. That is correct. Um, um, it says it big bold letters right at the top of the page. Um, that said, you are familiar with the spell, but almost like a musician who just knows how to play music, you don't necessarily know how to read spells. That said, you do have that innate ability as a sorcerer to cast spells. Um, so I would say almost give like a a teaching check um so i i guess i would call that something like a wisdom check uh to see how well you're able to uh teach the the student here a four <laughs> yeah so uh you just you just kind of do something like like this and 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 they kind of do some hand flourishes that clearly don't translate into how the spell actually should be cast but it's what I've learned in the limited time that I've been able to cast spells. Uh, and I just kind of flick my hand and just do this. And then you just hear it. Are you, are you able to hear it? 
uh, he tries to do exactly what you did, and it just it just doesn't work. He just doesn't understand how to get that to work. Um, he's doing he's like, I'm doing it just like you are. Why won't this work for me? And he's just getting frustrated. He's like, gosh, even my imaginary friends can't help me out. <clears throat> and he just kind of puts his hand like, you know, on his head and just kind of puts his head down. Um, <clears throat> uh, is anybody else interested in helping in this scene? Uh, Dell says, boy, what's your name? Strahd. He, he looks suspiciously at you. What year is it? Oh, Jesus Christ. You're going to ask me a question that I apologize. I don't know the answer. There is an exact year for this. I will get back to you as, as to whatever it is. He says it. Yes. He, he replies with the year, uh, but it's prior to the year that you know it to be. Right. <laughs> I, I want to step in. Mm-hmm. Um, so, kid, you say you're asking for, for your imaginary friends. Yeah. Do you have other imaginary friends? No, I think it's just you, and you guys only show up sometimes. Um, and then as he's saying that, again, it fades out. Right back in. Uh, now you're in a scene where, uh, uh, again, Strahd uh, maybe just kind of cut to a different type of training, and he's training with um, uh, a new weapon, like a sword. Um, and he's trying to hit a non-moving, like, practice dummy uh, filled with, like, you know straw um it's just like you know a wood stick with like straw and like little arms um and and he's just going at it trying to uh get like a certain technique down um any interaction here uh can i see if can i walk up next to him and see if i can identify what exactly he's trying to do yeah um go ahead and give me uh we'll just do uh, an investigation check perception uh perception Perception again. Nope, that didn't do it. So you can't necessarily tell what kind of move he's going for, um, but there we go. Uh, so yeah, you can't tell what type of move he's going for necessarily, but um, he, he's he's definitely trying, and he hears you, uh, and he looks at you, and he goes, "Any chance you can help me with this? I've never been very good with a sword." <clears throat> oh, well, they're a funny thing to get a hold of. What are you trying to do? And he uh, kind of uh, shows you like this this scroll, um, and it's almost like this like sword dance where you swing the sword over your head and you come down and you slash across the person's body uh, with a one-handed sword. And he says, do you think you can do that? I-, I can never get the footwork right. I mean, probably, but the footwork isn't what's really terribly important. The whole thing you should be thinking about is where the sword is between you and your opponent. The reason you're flinging it up over your head is you're trying to deflect a blow that's coming at you and then make an opening to deliver one of your own. If you're not standing from the right distance from the target, it won't really matter. Have you tried I, standing further back and then doing the same series of motions? It would give you a little bit more room to move your feet as long as you guard well enough. He, uh, yeah, he, he oh. asks, uh, can you show me? And then I'll have you roll wisdom with advantage. Cause yeah, good on you. Sure. Thank you. <clears throat> uh, wisdom, uh, uh, DC, uh, 13 there. Sweet. Nope. No. Um, uh, did I not make it on either one of them? You, oh, what's no, that? I no, you didn't it. make it on either one of them. Um, Bro. so you, you, 
you go to show it and you execute the move perfectly, but it's done so quickly that he's just not able to pick it up. He goes, I don't know if I'll ever be able to do something like that. And as you pass the sword back to him again, whoosh, you fade out. Now the scene that melts in is into an adult Strahd. He's commanding a, a group of soldiers on a battlefield. A giant scale male glints in the distance, and you can hear these villagers screaming as Strahd orders them to get back. Numerous soldiers fall, uh, getting shot with arrows. Strahd is the last to, to be standing. They surround him. An arrow hits him in the chest, and just for a moment, the illusion flickers. And then he falls to one knee. And I'm going to cut over to that scene real fast. I have it here on roll 20. And he falls onto one knee. Um, you can see it looks like there's two knights, um, a basically less armored looking knight uh, with a big mace, um, and then a uh, mastiff that's around in that area. Um, they've already sunk an arrow into his chest. What are you doing? I'm going to say, don't worry, we're here with you. And then I am going to cast, let me go back over to D&D, um, cure wounds on him real quick. Okay, so anybody who's interested in helping is absolutely fine to do so. Um, but I need you to roll um, uh, an initiative. Sure. Find that button again. Damn. I don't know why my turn tracker is not working. There it goes. <clears throat> Man, I'm not rolling well tonight. Is it not catching the turn initiative? Let me try that again. No, it's not for some reason. That's okay. Oh, it picked it up for me this time. Okay. Ajira, you're six. Um, Aspion, you're five. Zav's in there. Dell and Gaius are not interested in helping. Is that correct? Oh, no, I did. I, I rolled a 10. Oh, a 10. Thank you. Yeah. And Dell, what was yours? I'm sorry. Uh, 16. 16. Thank you. Okay. Great. Um, so, I didn't mean to do that. My bad. Um, no. Did the... Really? It's not a uh, bitch. The good news is I just had to put you guys in. That's what she said. Nice. Sorry, right, let's do this again. All right, everybody call it out. Uh, let's start with Ajira. Um, six. Aspion? Five. Guys? Ten. And Dell was 16? Did we lose Tyler? Oh, no, he's just... All right, Dell, I'm sorry. You're going to start us out. You were the first on the initiative order, so you were the first to kind of react once you saw Strahd uh, get hit in the chest with that arrow. Um, Also, can you guys see Lightwise? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Dell will move here in front of Strahd and will take up a defensive stance. Great. Um, The... Gentleman, right here. Um, oh, field if it hasn't still been animated between the um, memories. Say again, sorry. 
He'll use his bonus action for his animated shield if it hasn't oh, still. Yeah, been no, it's it's fine. I'll let you have it. Um, um, yeah, the uh, uh, knight that's right here is no longer able to hit Strahd with his crossbow. You are basically blocking the path there. Um, anything else you want to do there, Del? Uh, I think. I guess I still have an action, so I guess I. No, you know what? He he, he remains. He just remains in a defense. He, he uses his action to go a defensive stance. He doesn't help, but he doesn't do anything else. Got it. Uh, Zav, your turn. Uh, I will stay where I'm at and firebolt the uh, the guy with the crossbow. All right, go ahead and give me an attack roll there. Okay. Uh, random question: For the purpose of this battle, since it's sort of like not corporeal, like Tom said, uh, are are we like freshened up or did we still just get beat down the last fight? You got beat down. Dang. Never mind. Uh, 23 to hit. Yep. That's going to hit and 15, 15 damage. damage. Yep. So well, I don't know why it's rolling. Yep. Sorry. I got too many people talking at once. Sorry. Steve, go ahead. Spell slots are occupied as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, so everything is still the same as, as the previous fight. We're just going to kind of pull it over. Okay. Um, Gaius, you're up. Uh, take a shot at the guy that's closest to Dell. Okay. That's this gentleman with the crossbow. Yes, sir. Uh, and. Yeah, I am going to. Use. Um, what's it called? Sharpshooter. So reduce whatever I roll by five. Got it. Uh, that's not going to hit. Darn. All right. I'll take another shot, I guess. Yep. Do the same thing. <laughs> uh, that is going to hit. Sweet. And so go that... ahead and roll the damage there. You can just click the uh, long bow on the chat and it'll... There you go. Tight. Eight. So 18. Or, oh, uh, sorry. Uh, oh, no, yeah, 18. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. The... Okay, got that updated here. All right, homie's looking bloodied. He's not too happy about that. Uh, guys, anything Wait. else we're doing on your turn? Nope. Okay, Just, Ajira, yeah. you are up. I would like to go up to Strahd and do a cure wounds on him. Great, yeah. Um, and then let's see. And cantrips are actions right yeah um i would like to take out my shield and just uh get it into like a blocking position but other than that that's it great okay um uh, so yeah strad uh is back up on his feet and the arrow falls out of his chest um an armor there um and he's back up on his feet um and and he looks at you kind of deeply in your eyes um we're gonna cut over to aspion your turn oh which one you say was looking pretty beat up this guy is not doing too hot. The one right in front here. Um, I'm going to hit him with. Hit him with it. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah, he's in the range. Um, second level magic missile. Great. Go ahead. Light that sucker up. And you'll have to cast it four times for second level, I think. Right? Four? Yeah. Three times. Three is level one. I think four is level two. Oh, yeah, you're right. So, so, uh, so yeah, two, three, four. Good. 
So 13 damage. Yep. Perfect. And he is on death's door, but he's still hanging in there just a bit. Whoopsie. You almost had him there, but not quite. Um, and we're actually going to cut over to his turn, it looks like. Um, he is going to um, pull open his character sheet because he's very prepared. Don't worry. Uh, he is going to use um, his uh, uh, heavy crossbow and he's going to fire at uh, Dell because you're right in the way here. Um, and he's going to take his two attacks. Uh, and he'll have disadvantage on both of them for using the uh, dodge action. Perfect. Got it. All right. So a three and a 17. Um, both miss. Great. Um, so neither of those are going to land upon you. Um, he's going to take his bonus action to try to reload. Um, and then um, we're going to cut over to the other knight who has his great sword out. And he's going to uh, rush up to you. As you can see, there's little barriers here. That means that he can't really get around you in a way. Um, he's going to hit you with his great sword twice. Um, and not that it matters, Del, but I do think that the dodge action might only count for melee. I could be wrong, but it doesn't matter either way. I mean, yeah, I think it, what I was reading says any attack roll made against you, okay, dexterity, but. Got it. Okay, no, fair enough. You're not reading the actual book. I'm just reading a website. That no, no, I, I, I trust it. Um, okay, cool. Uh, either way, this is also going to miss because he is not rolling with advantage, even though the game likes to think we are. Uh, now we're going to be up on Strahd's turn. Um, he's going to thank you. He's going to say, thank you for healing me. I know now that you're not my imaginary friends. You're my guardian angels. Uh, he targets the Mastiff right over here, and he pulls open his character sheet because, again, he's very, very prepared as well. And um, he is going to cast... He's going to get down to his spells first is what he's going to do. And then <laughs> then he's going to cast um, uh, Ray of Frost. And I don't actually know what the AC is on this guy, but it's going to hit. Low AC. Um, it's going to hit and it's going to kill uh, the Mastiff. Um, so the Mastiff is dead and it creates like a little um, little ice puddle on the ground and a cold looking Mastiff. And he Are says, we sure that Strahd killed the dog and not Sagoon from beyond the pale? <laughs> <laughs> As always, the Dungeon Master killed the dog. <laughs> um, uh, it's going to be this gladiator's turn and he's going to run up uh, and he's actually going to uh, get over the barrier here it is considered um, uh, like I guess unstable terrain whatever you want to call it and he's going to basically jump over here and he's going to attack on Strahd um, and he'll roll Del will use his reaction to impose disadvantage with one of his paladin abilities perfect okay um and then I'm going to do, uh, with disadvantage, I rolled a 19 and an 8. Uh, the 8's definitely going to miss. Um, the 19 is going to hit Strahd, and it did 14 piercing damage. He is back down to one knee. Um, so he's, he's still technically up, but he is not looking too hot. Um, we're going to circle back around to Dell's turn. 
Um, okay. Uh, Dell will uh, again assume the defensive stance. Uh, actually, he'll use uh, Sanctuary on um, Strahd. Okay. Uh, but that's a bonus action, actually. So he'll he'll assume the, the the dodge stance, and he'll use sanctuary on Strahd, basically. So anyone who tries to attack him has to roll above a thirteen wisdom; otherwise, they have to change their attack. Got it. Sounds good. Um, and that'll be that'll be Dell's turn. Dodge stance and that's <laughs> got it. Uh, Zav, you are up. Uh, this dude's on death door. These two are looking healthy um, over here. I am going after the gladiator, and okay. I'm going to use Firebolt again. Okay. Go ahead, cast it. <clears throat> Got a pretty high AC, but you're going to hit um, and deal 15 damage. Cool. Uh, and I will stay where I'm at, uh, just kind of near enough to be helpful if possible, but far enough out of the way that I'm not going to get hit myself. Got it. And Gaius, you're up. Which one between uh, this dude and this dude looks more damaged? Uh, this dude is now more damaged because uh, Zap just did him. Sweet. I'll take a shot at this guy. Okay. And then, yeah. And are you doing sharpshooter? Uh, I am not doing sharpshooter. Okay. That's going to hit. Sweet. Uh, and are you doing both attacks against the gladiator? Yes. Um, but the first one I'm going to activate. Um, uh, sorry. Uh, enfeebling arrow. Oh, okay. Make so, sure you roll the damage for that as well. Yeah. All right. Then I can do that. So longbow. So 11 piercing. Okay. Plus. Plus five necrotic damage, and then he makes a wisdom save, or uh, sorry, a constitution save. Uh, uh, 12. DC 12. He is going to save. All right, cool. And then I'll take the other shot at him, and I'll use a, I'll use sharpshooter this time. Okay. That's going to connect. Coolio. All right, so... Six, so 16 damage. 16 damage, perfect. Nice, so he took 32 that turn. Coolio. Yeah, yeah, that's a hell of a turn. Nice. Uh, and then I'll... Uh, I guess I'll just keep the position I'm at. Okay, perfect. And Ajira, you're up. Cool. Um, I want to move around over to this guy. Um, attack him with my short short, uh, short sword if I can talk tonight okay. um, and you have flanking advantage so make sure you roll with advantage you 22. are going to hit yeah. Uh, three so, piercing damage cool and then I want to do healing word again on Strahd and looking him back in the eyes say come on you can do this you need to finish this fight okay um, Strahd is uh, feeling a little healthier and back up on two feet. Aspion. Okay, I'm going to move just a little bit closer. Um, Kim? It's like right there. Kim? And then I'm going to cast 
a magic missile at the first at the first level. Okay. Uh, this dude. Okay. Cast her up. You fucking pummel that dude to the ground. He's donezo. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, dude. That's all I got. Cool. All right. Uh, we are going to cut over to the knight's turn, who is going to step over here. I like that you guys are circling all the <laughs> the dead things on the map here. Um, but he's going to step uh, this direction, and he is going to... Uh, pull his what is it uh his crossbow out is that what it was for the knights yeah he's gonna pull his heavy crossbow out and take two shots on strahd uh they'll use his reaction to um make those disadvantage okay those are definitely going to miss and then we're going to use leadership um and then for one minute the knight can utter a special command or warning whenever a non-hostile creature that it can see uh, within 30 feet of it makes an attack roll or saving throw so he's going to do that on the uh, gladiator it basically does bless it adds a d4 um, for the rolls and then it's going to be strad's turn right over here um and he's going to look at you all and say, I can't hurt you, right? No, you well, can. Why would you want to? I just think I can end this. Do whatever you need to do quickly. What? What? Del, Del you and I are full life. It's fine. Okay. Uh, he is going to cast Fireball in front of him. I knew that was coming. <laughs> <laughs> all right i need everybody uh so that's actually not everybody it's just del like, and what? ajira do make uh deck saves for me del actually Everyone. also gets advantage from the uh dodge ability gives you advantage that is true yeah go ahead and roll that with advantage for you del oh that might not help you what's his He's a pretty high level caster. Where is I think it's I think it's 15. No, it's DC 19. I see it up there. What the fuck? <laughs> he's, level, he's a fucking <laughs> wizard. <laughs> Sorry, man. Um, but so everybody here is gonna take 32 um uh damage. No. It's okay. We're all gonna be fine. There's no way we can <laughs> I'm still up. <laughs> Barely, but you're up. <laughs> you say um, you 32? 32 damage, yeah. All right. Um everybody's looking uh pretty bloodied uh over here. Uh, not doing too hot. Okay. Um the gladiator didn't quite go down. Actually, neither did the knight, uh, because they were both pretty high life. Uh didn't quite go down. Um, so it's going to take its turn and attack on Strahd. And that's going to be two melee attacks here. Cool. Um, that's going to... One of them's going to hit for 15 damage, and that's going to put Strahd again back on his knees. Um, he actually has one life right now. So with that, we're in our third round here. Um, when that happens... You start to see um, 
these men and women wearing these um, eccentric clothing uh, run up with knives and just start attacking and slashing at the knights and the gladiators, uh, just kind of like pushing through you guys. Everybody's just running in, um, you know, just straight warfare style um, and, and just slashing and attacking them. Um, and then as they start to go down, the knight and the gladiator, as they're falling to their knees and to their death, um, one of them's over there and he's got Strahd uh, kind of laid out across the ground and is uh, pouring uh, some medicine into his mouth. And you guys start to kind of fade from this. Um, go ahead and give me perception checks, though, to see what you guys can see as you fade away from this. Ajira sees it. Zab definitely sees it. In this game. Bell has gone blind. Only only Zav and Ajira see it. Um, but Zav and Ajira, you recognize these folks as Vistani. Um, so to kind of go back over to my notes. Um, it was... Uh, you hear, again, the kind of the narrator's voice. But the war years and the killing years wore my soul as wind wears on stone into sand. Again, the scene, of course, is fading out. Uh, you kind of fade back in, and uh, we're going to flip over to our other screen here. Shoosh. Okay. Um, um, uh, so most of this is just theater of the mind tonight. Um, Strahd stands in a tent, pacing nervously, looking disheveled. He hears someone at the tent door, and quickly casts Alter Self, turning him into a more presentable version of himself. A young page runs in, hands him a letter, and runs out. As he reads the letter, his eyes fill with anger and tears. Magic sparks from his fingertips, and he kneels to perform a ritual. Who looks at the letter? Right. Can we see what it says without getting too close? Yeah. He's, it, uh, how you're, far you're, away are we? Basically? Uh, he's, I mean, you're, you guys are all in the same tent. It's a pretty large tent, um, but he's turned away and knelt down uh, performing a ritual. Jerry will. I okay. Too. Okay. I will not. You too. Okay. Um, so for those that are, are looking, uh, it sounds like everybody but Zavendel, um, the letter reads... My son, it is with a heavy heart that I report your father, King Barov, may he rest in peace, has passed away. Your younger brother, Sergi, has come to age where he can come to court. Once Sergi has found a bride-to-be, he will inherit your late father's lands. While you are the firstborn, the position was never quite right for you. Well, of course, I imagine this comes as a great relief as to have this burden lifted off of your shoulders. With warmest regards, your mother, Queen Renovia. Um, so you guys are just watching Strahd kind of perform this ritual. And before you can see the effect that the magic has, uh, the scene again starts to dissolve into mist. Again, the narrator's voice, Strahd's voice is, All of the goodness slipped from my life. I found my youth squandered and my kingdom gone. My army settled in the, the valley of Barovia and took power in the name of a just god, but with none of the god's grace or justice. 
I called for my family and brought them to settle in Castle Ravenloft. You are flung into a warm summer day. The sky is bright, cloudless blue, and only really visible between a canopy of trees. You find yourself seated atop a fancy black carriage that sways under you. I don't know how you guys are all fitting on top of this carriage, but that's how I designed it, so deal with it. Uh, Inside, you hear slightly raised voices. The carriage is headed uh, up a steep path towards a massive castle uh, made of shining black stone. In the summer light, it looks newly completed. What are we doing? Uh press my ear down to the bottom and see if I can hear what these people are talking about in this carriage. You're thing. going to have to give me a super high perception check. It's possible, but a super high perception check. Uh, it's not looking good for the home team. I'm not rolling well. <laughs> Alright, perception. No. Um, so you realize that you're not going to be able to hear it that way. You could always make an acrobatics check and kind of dip your head down. And try to listen in that way, and that would make the perception a much lower check, if you're interested in that. Sure. All right, so go ahead and make me an acrobatics check. Acrobatics. Acrobatics. Yeah, that's going to work. And then now go ahead and give me another perception check. Uh, When you realize that all you could hear was the cart bumping around, you tried it this way, so this will be another perception check. Perfect. Yeah, you're going to be able to hear. Um, Sweet. This is, uh, and I'll even say you can see, uh, you can see Queen Renovia and um, Sergi, her son, um, in this carriage riding up to Castle Ravenloft. Um, you can't hear the entire conversation, um, but you can kind of pick up, you know, kind of bits and segments of it. Um, inside the carriage, Queen Renovia is lecturing uh, Sergi on etiquette uh, when he meets his brother for the first time. Uh, she expresses her disapproval for Strahd running around like a child uh, fighting. Uh, Queen Renovia is kind of wearing uh, cloths of mourning um, since uh, King Barov had recently passed. Sergi, I would say, would be in his late teens um, and seems very excited, excited and like giddy uh, to meet his brother for the first time. Um, he really has nothing but respect for him. Um, he doesn't understand why his mother is like so disapproving of Strahd. What's the uh, age, approximately? I would say 17 right now. I get to make this up, so I'm going I'm to say 17. Nice. Mm-hmm. Like young man. Like, yeah. 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 Late teens, young man. Um, you know, again, just old enough to, you know, kind of start thinking about marriage um, for, you know, their culture. So, um, so uh so you guys are are kind of on the cart um uh, or the carriage excuse me uh, the carriage pulls up to the gate and Strahd in his you know early 30s uh stands outfitted in a formal military garb his smile does not extend to his eyes which remain cold Sergi jumps out of the carriage and beams at Strahd just the entire time Queen Renovia berates Strahd on how excuse me of course you dress like a military goon. Gods forbid that you'd actually attempt to court a woman as she walks away. Shameful that a man of your age has no family, and she walks inside the castle, um, almost like uppity. Uh, Strahd stares directly um, at the players, 
uh, you know, seeing you atop the carriage. Strahd looks tired. Sergi was everything I had been told of. Young, passionate, and entitled with so much power he didn't even know. Scene cuts over to Autumn. Um, the leaves rustles, uh, rustle in the trees. Uh, Strahd and Sergi appear only a few years older and are practicing sparring in the courtyard. Gracefully, they dance around the courtyard uh, when Sergi's sword uh, catches the sunlight. Uh, it lets off a bit of a, a bright flash of light. Uh, a small crowd starts to kind of form in this village, and folks are taking bets. Um, a young woman with bright auburn hair sits in front. Uh, when she waves at them, Sergi beams, and Strahd just kind of tries to hide his blush. Of all the people in Barovia, there was a woman I loved above all others. Some called her joy and treasure. I called her Tatiana, and she would be mine. Uh, the villagers are kind of more and more enthusiastically calling for bets and aching the siblings on um, in this sword fight. Uh, do the uh, players want to interact uh, with any of the villagers? Can we see what Tatiana looks like from our vantage point? Like, do we have a clear sight? Yeah, go ahead and roll me a perception check. Anybody who's interested. Yeah, I'll do that. Aspion sees. Aspion blinks uh, and sees the back of uh, Aspion's eyelids. Uh, Everybody else uh, is able to see a young woman uh, beautifully dressed um, in in a nice dress uh but has almost an identical look to irena um except the only difference would be that irena uh dresses in like armor and she is dressed like a casual villager um you know in just a nice sundress does she look the same age as irena now or is this she looks pretty damn close maybe a little younger than irena right now but but pretty Um, close in age the other thing i would be looking for and and we can circle back to this in just a second the other thing i'd be uh, looking for is um what who are the the crowd kind of rooting for are they they in strad's camp are they in sergi's camp like who's kind of got the momentum going oh it's a it's a little of both um uh, there's there's not a a one you know one side picks all Uh, in fact both the the young men look like they're um you know having a good time with this um and you know, the, the fight. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Josh. I was going to say, does it look like the villagers can see us or do we get the idea that we are visible to the villagers or We're just kind else? of blending in? Nobody's really paying you mind. All right, cool. Uh, yeah. I was wondering if we could say they can't see you, but, you know, they're not really paying you mind in this moment. Um, so Tatiana um, uh, is, is, you know, of course, smiling. Uh, and then when Strahd kind of catches her eye, he takes the moment to show off. He does the spin move that Gaius was attempting to teach him and knocks uh, Sergi down. Tatiana jumps in quickly and stops the fight before anything dangerous can actually happen. Not that it was necessarily going to. Uh, this scene ends with Strahd seeing Tatiana clutch Sergi's hand as she helps him up to his feet. Uh, the scene dissolves and 
you see rapid flashes of the three of them as friends. Uh, finally, the image shatters. So it's just flash, 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 and then it just shatters. And again, you're standing in a black room. Three just kind of wisps of, and you're just kind of floating uh, throughout the air, these wisps of like, I guess the only way to describe it would be like silver or white thread that just kind of drift around in front of you. Um, written on the wall, uh, it says, the past is a braid of memory, time, and pain. What was it? It says, the past is a braid of memory, time, and pain. Cool. Sorry, what was it? The past is a braid. No. <laughs> <laughs> so what are we doing here? It's just a black room, right? With yeah, you're a black room with these like three little wispy strands in front of you. Of like thread. Um, what are these? I say aloud, hoping that someone answers me. I'm going to sort of like walk up to one of them, I guess. I, I'm going to pull out a small piece of paper or parchment and like kind of sketch what I'm seeing the best that I can just to have a note of it because I, I don't. I've never come across anything like this before, and it's kind of strange. So I'm just gonna quickly like draw a little sketch, pocket that. Okay. Dell will go with the uh, guys and just sort of investigate them, looking but not touching. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, you get closer, but you can see that these are just shimmering threads. Is really what they look like. Um, Did you see that where they're make coming? Investigation. Go ahead. From. Like, are they coming up from the ground or? Uh, nope, like... just kind of floating there. Huh. Uh, I'm going to reach out and, like, poke one. The right, middle, or left? Do, are they different colors? Nope, all the same color. The one on the far right. That's fine. Um, <laughs> you are going to take... Standby. Holy crap. You are going to take five psychic damage. I'm going to recoil and like just yeah. uh, like not be able to put the pain I just felt into words and be like, don't touch them. I'm going to say to Dell, like, don't touch them. Uh, as as he does, does that, I uh, reach out with Mage Hand and touch the right one. Uh, the one that he just touched, the right one? Yep. Okay. You, you're able to kind of grasp the thread and move it accordingly. Uh, it's, it's very easy to move around. Okay. So uh, I, I can move it. Where do you guys want it? Wait a minute. And I'm going to walk up to the middle one, and I want to touch the middle one. Wait, don't. It's going to you, you. As you reach out and you touch it, you flash back and you hear uh, Zav saying, uh, uh, it looks like I can move this one around. Where do you guys want it? I chuckle and then I go up and touch the left one. Uh, yeah. Um, 
you get this like like you get confused like you're like where am i who am i what what is what is going on you start looking around at all these people and in about 10 seconds your memory comes back to you um i go past is a braid mm-hmm. and i'm going to pick up the left one and move it over the middle one the left one while it affected you earlier does not seem to affect you now and you place it over the middle one as he's and doing then, this, I'm kind of chasing Aspion around with the uh, the right one. Just, <laughs> here, touch it, touch it. I'm asking to, to keep it away from me. Don't. No. Um, um, as I look back, I kind of shake my head and go, uh, uh, "Zav, um, may I may I use your assistance?" Oh yeah, what do you need? Uh, the strand. Once, uh, once uh, guys touches it, of course. Wait, what? What do I, I, I bring need it to right touch? up to Gaius's nose, just like <laughs> even with. <laughs> uh, you got to conquer your fear sooner or later, big guy. It just like burned my mind. I don't want to touch it again. <laughs> uh, fine, I'll fine. Try, try to swat it away. Get it in the back of my hand. Uh, Gaius, as you swat it away and it hits the back of your hand, you are going to take no damage. Oh, it seems that it didn't affect you like it did last time. Um, (laughs) and because I know that that actually did damage to him, um, I'm gonna just side on the care the side of caution. I'm going to channel divinity, so I'm gonna take out my holy symbol and restore 25 HP, uh, divided among any creature. So I'm just gonna do it on myself up to half of my health. Um, And then I'm going to take hold of the braid, or the one that uh, hurt Gaius, and braid the three into a braid. Okay, you are going to take the 2d6 damage as you are a new person touching it. Um, That is going to be... You're going to take six damage. Okay. I'm touching it. Uh, So the first time you touch it, 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 you have this like searing pain in your mind, but... Um, um, you try one more time and you grab it, and now it seems like you can grab all three of these. And I'm going to slowly move them into a braid. Okay. Um, and you're able to braid them. Um, as you start to braid, uh, the scene comes together. And in fact, everybody can basically see the scene except for you, um, uh, Ajira. Uh, but everybody else is basically watching the scene. Uh, where Strahd and Tatiana are standing along a smooth, glassy black lake. You guys recognize this as the lake that you're currently at, Lake Zarovich. Strahd uh, decides to drop the altar self spell um, as he was uh, kind of putting on a a uh, facade, uh, drops it. Tatiana, for a moment, looks confused. Um, he then says, I read your mind. I know this is what you want. And he pulls an elegant family heirloom out. Tatiana went from looking confused to now looking angry. In my mind? How dare you? And then turns away, uh, uh, turns and looks away uh, and starts to walk away. 
the scene fades with Strahd standing up and yelling, but you can't exactly hear what it is. And Ajiri, you're able to finish the braid, um, and you hear the narrator's voice again. Her heart went to Sergi. They were betrothed, and the date was set. Mike, real quick. Faden, go ahead. What was the family heirloom that he pulled out? Uh, yeah, what was it? It is. Um, it was a like relic, like a holy relic type of thing. Like what it did was it like a like a symbol? Yeah, like a symbol, like a holy relic looking symbol thing. And Ajira saw none of this. Ajira is the only one who didn't see it. Everybody else got to watch okay. it while I just you wanted to make sure. Yeah, that's what you get for solving the puzzle, right? Um, um, <laughs> uh, so you fade in. Uh, Castle Ravenloft is filled with people. They run up and down the brightly lit halls, covering any open spaces with white flowers and garland. A large cathedral being uh, completed at the end of the entry hall, and bright stained glass that's being installed. Gaius, this mm-hmm. looks familiar to you. The scene shifts to uh, Strahd in the dark uh, in a wood-paneled office uh, library, I guess, uh, maybe. Uh, he sits around, uh, surrounded by uh, like these heavy tomes. Um, does anybody want to do an investigation check to see what he's looking at, or should I move past it? Sure. I would, but why? Oh, light one. <laughs> Aspion, go ahead, uh, roll investigation check in uh, Zav and guys. I don't understand, dude. I truly, truly don't understand. I don't know why it happens to you. I don't have any bonus, but why am I rolling so poorly? I don't know either, man, Uh, because everybody else is rolling really well. Um, Zav and Gaius, uh, you see that the books are tomes on dark powers and other kinds of dark magics in general. Uh, Both Sergi and Tatiana excitedly burst into the room and ask Strahd for wedding advice. He smiles and tries to help them. And then uh, they kind of smile and giggle at each other, and then they run out of the room. You know, it's kind of that young love. And as soon as they leave, Strahd stares directly into Gaius and Zav, who are the closest because they were looking at it, looks directly at them, angry. You hear the I'm voice again. To... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was going to speak to him and say, you know, uh, does it look like he can see me or... Uh, the scene's going to fade out. The scene's going to fade out in this one. Um, uh, you'll, you'll have more time to interact. Uh, the scene's going to fade out, and uh, you hear the, uh, the voice. She calls me brother while falling for that gullible little boy. All he has is youth. I squandered my youth for power, and I was about to lose that too. I was not about to let that happen. You see Strahd close his book um, uh, as the library kind of melts away again. Now it's replaced by a, a complete opposite scene, right? You had the warmth of a library that melted away, and then uh, jarringly you're opened back into a cold mountainside. Uh, it's almost with like a bunch of, you know, blizzards and snow and everything. And as you walk into this cave, uh, you see Strahd uh, under these... Uh, uh, like six carved amber statues in deep prayer. Um, go ahead and uh, if you guys need to do any checks here, let me know. Or if you want to try to interact with Strahd, let me know. Uh, can I do a religion check to see if I recognize the statues? Uh, sure, yeah. Does it feel cold? Oh, yeah. 
So we feel it. Do not. You you feel the cold. It's cold. It's cold down to your bones, even with all the armor on. Um, you are not familiar with this religion at all. This this almost looks like pagan in a sense that like you are not familiar with this type of ritual. Uh, I'm and, going to. Uh, Del Del will do the same check actually as he is. Go ahead. Yeah. Nope. Nobody knows. Uh, so <laughs> Go ahead, guys. I was gonna walk uh, Strahd's like at prayer and this sort of thing as he knelt down his eyes were closed or whatever yeah his eyes are closed knelt down uh it's going to walk up to him say lord strahd can you hear me no reply no response there Hmm. and then it goes quiet for a second as you guys are unsure of what to do and you hear this voice boy I can give you immortality if that's what you seek. Strahd doesn't hesitate. He reaches out and he touches this statue in front of him. He is immediately enveloped in black smoke, and the players can hear screaming from within this smoke. Um, it's, it's one of those where the screaming is so high pitched that it almost just completely sounds like no sound after a certain amount of time. You hear the voice again. Of course, foolish child, there is a price. You must slay the person who loves you the most and drink deeply of their blood. Then, boy, you must die. Only then can you be reborn, my champion. And then you hear, in what seems like Strahd can't hear, but in in kind of a small murmur, when she says, Reborn my champion, you hear, My puppet. I've been there. Uh, (laughs) uh, It immediately transitions over. It doesn't even fade. Just no fog or anything. Immediately, like, whiplash you right over to the sounds of organ music echoing across the lands. A long procession of uh, of a kingdom in their finest files uh, as they every, every, as everybody enters Castle Ravenloft inside a grand hall with towering arches lifted above you. Large windows fill the space and the room with like this warm yellow light. Strings of white flowers uh, on every available space that you can see. The scent of a grand feast that wafts up from a kitchen. At the front, uh, a beautiful chapel has been built for just this occasion. Stained glass of a shining white knight and a red-haired bride has glistened through the window. And you can see it, the sun on the other side. It's like they waited for this exact moment so they can have that kind of illusion. Below them, uh, Sergi and Tatiana kind of clap excitedly. Strahd stands next to them, a smile on his face. Your, so the way I'm going to describe this is it's kind of multi-level. Um, think of it as almost like a, uh, like a concert hall, right? Like you guys are kind of up on a top level, and then there is a bottom level. And there's some stairs to get down there. It's not too hard for you guys to get down. But you guys are up on like a top like balcony level, and then you see Strahd on the bottom. Um, but, uh, but you can see this like smile on Strahd's face. He sees you. He sees all of you. He looks tired. His hands are shaking. What do we do? Go up to Strahd. Okay. Just watch. I'll follow. 
Yeah. So uh, you're going to uh, basically activate uh, the the situation as you start to walk towards the front. He kind of gives you this like deep head bow, like a thank you to you, Dell, uh, as you're taking the lead here. Um, as I see him do that, I I speed up. Yeah. Uh, saw, walking, but walking quickly now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're going. Are you going straight up the aisle, like where the bride and groom would walk? I'm trying to get to stride, but I'm like okay. in an innocuous way, but also less and less as I feel the stress and the pressure of the situation mounting. Got it. Uh, Strahd pulls out his sword. There is no hesitation. A flower of red appears across Sergi's chest. It's the move guys taught him. He barely has time to reach for his sword glinting with sunlight before he slumps to the floor dead. The blade slides across the floor and uh, Del, it slides towards you, glowing with the power of the sun. There is no pause before the chaos breaks out. People are pushing past you now, uh, trying to get as far away from this as he as they can. Uh, you see the movement at the altar, but you can't quite make out what's happening. Tatiana breaks out in a run. Go ahead and tell me what we're doing here. I'm going to look at Strahd and say, Strahd, what did you do looking at the, looking at the boy on the ground? Uh, as as you kind of go ahead, sorry, Del. Del's going to try it while he's saying that. Del is also going to be charging. Okay. Say, I'll say, Gaius and Del, you're pushing through the crowd, trying to get to Strahd. As you push through, you see Strahd drinking Sergi's blood. Um, he uh looks up at you and he says, "I thought you were my imaginary friends. Then I thought you were angels." Now I know that you're the dark powers inside of me. We're no part of you, Strahd. And before you can even say that, after he says that, uh, you're going to uh, kind of cut forward in time just a little bit. Um, you and, and actually, I'll cut you forward and move you a little bit. You guys are going to uh, see Tatiana running uh, towards the courtyard, trying to run out of the castle. Uh, do you follow? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I do. Great. Um, so you guys are going to follow Tatiana, and we're going to uh, cut to that. But you're going to again hear the narrator's voice, kind of overarching. I made a pact with death, with the dark powers, a pact of blood. On the day of the wedding, I killed Sergi. I killed my little brother. I and I sealed my pact with his blood. Um, so you've basically tracked uh not tracked down because you weren't like trying to find her necessarily but you follow <laughs> tatiana out um and uh she says you have to help me you have to help me um um you know just trying to to plead with you um and uh, uh j- just trying to to look for any assistance and she's right at the um the gate uh, the the gate that would basically lead outward that's completely shut and can't get it open uh strad appears yelling uh, across the courtyard and you know not slowly but kind of walking up uh to all of you um blood dripping from his mouth and he kind of smears it across his chin uh and gore is just stained all over his formal wear wear excuse me i did it for you my love Please, let me explain. I did it so we could be together forever. Uh, Upon hearing this, 
Tatiana looks at the players, uh, or it looks at our, our party here, uh, with tears in her eyes. Um, and she kind of starts to push through the gate. She's skinny enough. None of you would be, but she is skinny enough to kind of push through the gate, uh, to her side and almost gets stuck a little bit, but just out of pure adrenaline, just kind of pushes herself through hurting herself in the process. And she looks back and says, don't stop me. This is the only way. And then she throws herself off of the ledge and into the mist. She plummets downwards and you lose sight of her. Strahd screams and runs forward and tries to lift the gate by himself. And he looks to the rest of you and he says, help me, help me. What do we do? Strahd, too late. I grab the gate and I push it back down. So you're, you're pushing the other way. Mm-hmm. I was uh, Strahd. I just spit idly by. Okay, guys. She threw herself. There's no way you can go get her. She's dead. No, no, I can get her. Um, he he kind of pulls back and he starts looking at ways he can maybe scale the wall. And he, uh, you hear the narrator's voice again, um, distinct from Strahd's, uh, which sounds young in the moment here. Uh, this narrator's voice sounds older, um, and it says, I watched everything I ever wanted fall from my grasp. And an arrow streaks through the air and pierces Strahd in the back. Then another, and another, and another, until he falls. Uh, he was trying to scale, so he falls uh, down from the castle walls and is lying in the courtyard, staring up at you. Instead of an enormous amount of blood the color just simply drains from his skin his eyes which were once deep brown have now turned crimson red he grows fangs in his mouth and he stands up shrugs off the arrows almost as if they didn't penetrate his skin at all it was thousands of feet into the mist no trace of her was ever found not even i know her final fate Arrows from the castle guards pierced me to my soul, but I did not die, nor did I live. I became undead forever. I have studied much since then. Vampire is my new name. I still lust for life and youth, and, <clears throat> and I curse the living that took them from me. Even the sun is against me. It is the sun and the light that I fear the most. But little else can harm me now. Even a stake through the heart will not kill me, though it does hold me for a moment. But the sword, that cursed sword that Sergi brought, I must dispose of that awful tool. I hate it and I fear it as much as the sun. I have often hunted for Tatiana, and I have even felt her within my grasp, but she escapes me, she taunts me, she taunts me. What will it take to bend her love to me? More pressure, less. I do not know. I now reside, reside far be below Ravenloft. I live among the dead and sleep beneath the very stones of the hollow castle of despair. I shall seal shut the walls of the stairs that none may disturb me.
the last scene uh, that you see kind of cut to is Strahd flying on his nightmare above Lake Zarovich. He has this tome in his hands, the one that Aspion held, and he drops it into the lake. With that, you slowly sit up. You're back to where you were when you fell. You're in the foliage, Irina and Jeremy over you. You feel stronger, healthier. You have received the benefits of a long rest and have leveled up to level six. Nice. Sweet. That is tonight's session. Strahd is still healthier than half the guys on Bumble. (laughs) (laughs) Dang. Is it that bad? I didn't know the struggle was that real out there.